Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor here in Greenville, South Carolina, and you can find all of my contact information in the show notes, in the show description, whatever you want to call it. Uh, If you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs, I'm the one that you need to reach out to. So please find my contact information where it is hidden in that show description. And just a reminder, as always, if you love, like, hate, whatever, whatever your relationship is with this show, I would appreciate if you could support it by just hitting that little subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss future episodes by hitting the five-star rating button. That would be great. And if you can just take a quick moment to leave a short little review, that would be awesome as well. Sometimes in this show, I talk about things that are kind of bigger than the Greenville market. I always warn you guys, though, that I'm looking at it through a Greenville lens. Well, this is going to be one of those shows where I'm trying to basically assess the real estate market kind of as a whole, I should say. That's what I'm trying to say there. I'm trying to assess the real estate market as a whole, but I'm doing it from the standpoint, from the lens of Greenville, while also looking at meta-economic trends. And I'm recording this on August 5th. It's not going to release until probably next week. Um, But today, the jobs report came out that was released by uh, by the government. And there's some very interesting information there. Now, I am not an economist, so I am relying on other experts to kind of analyze some of this data. Um, that said, I do follow a lot of the a lot of experts that have kind of differing opinions. And then I try to kind of come to my own conclusions from all of that. But I'm not an economist. And if you are, are probably some of my listeners are going to be a lot more knowledgeable about the economy and things related to the economy than I am. Um, and you'll probably think that some of this information is uh not great information. I don't know. I have no idea. For me, it's interesting, and uh, I'm able to draw some conclusions for what is going to happen in the housing market as a result of this. So right now, there's a lot of debate, um, just to set the stage here. There's a lot of debate over the the economy and what's happening. Are we in recession? Are we not in recession? Um, we've had now uh, multiple quarters of negative GDP, negative growth, um, and that typically has been the simple definition of a recession. Um, now, there is partisan debate going on between basically Republicans that want the economy to be bad because they're not in power right now, relatively speaking, and Democrats who, in an election year, want to have the messaging that we are not in a recession, that the economy is still strong. So we're seeing a partisan argument brewing here. Well, it's it's not brewing. It's been ongoing for a while. Are we in recession or not? Um, is the uh, negative growth truly the only sign of recession that we need to look at? Um, I'm not going to get go too much into all of that. I'll just say this. This is a very weird period of time um, as we're still seeing the lingering effects of the pandemic. And not all indicators point to a current recession. And one of those things is this jobs report, right? Because typically when you're in a recession, you start to see uh, unemployment start to creep up. You start to see uh, people get laid off, people lose their jobs, all that kind of thing. And unemployment 
Previously, the last jobs report that came out was at 3.6%, which is very low. That's a very low number. And basically, people were anticipating that it would stay basically at that number. Some some of the more doomsday uh, scenarios were anticipating that it might actually creep up ever so slightly. Um, so everyone was looking at that number because that was, you know, kind of telling us what the economy is actually doing. And most people thought it'll just flatline, stay there at 3.6%. However, what actually ended up happening is that in the month of July, 528,000 jobs were added. Um, and the June numbers were also re- revised up from what they were, the, from what we thought they were. And unemployment actually went down to 3.5%. It's actually at a 50-year low. Unemployment is the lowest it's been in a generation, uh, or I guess, depending on how you look at it, multiple generations. Um, Additionally, specifically with regard to housing, I found this very interesting. Construction added 32,000 jobs, and that was kind of unexpected because new construction uh, particularly starts are starting to slow down. In other words, new builds that are are beginning, that are uh, just starting the construction process, um, they are starting to slow down. Uh, but apparently builders are needing, uh, it, and it, the new construction jobs were particularly evident with skilled tradespersons, plumbers, uh, electricians, things like that. Um, they are needing to, I guess, finish the inventory that they've started. And so uh, new construction numbers were, in, in terms of jobs added, uh, or just construction jobs added in general, that's being fueled by new construction, was higher than expected. Um, and so I think from that standpoint, we can say that, generally speaking, the housing market is shifting, but it hasn't shifted so much to the point that builders have stopped hiring or have started laying off people. So that's a a very interesting data set. So that tells us that the shift is happening uh, because we can see that in other data sets, but it's not happening quickly. We're not seeing a flipping of the housing market, at least from the standpoint uh, of new construction. New construction is slowing, but but builders are not scared yet, which is very interesting. They haven't started laying off people. They're still hiring. Um, but beyond simply the, the construction jobs being added, there are other implications from this report for the housing market that, that, uh, that I find interesting. Again, I'm not an economist. These are my opinions, um, but they mirror the opinions of other people that are a lot smarter than me. So um, just to kind of set the stage here, we all know that the Fed has been increasing rates to combat inflation. Um, I'm not going to get into all the mechanics of it, but... The end result of the Fed increasing rates the way they've been doing is that that causes mortgage rates to go up. Most people understand this. Most people don't know how that happens. Um, And I'm not going to try to explain it. I would completely butcher it if I attempted to explain it. So I'm not even going to get into that. But just know that there is a loose correlation between the Fed upping their rates and mortgage rates going up. And that's exactly what we've seen this year. As the Fed has tinkered with things and upped their rates, we have seen mortgage rates uh, start to start to go up, uh, basically starting at the beginning of the year. And that has continued through the rest of the year. Now, now it kind of tapered for a little bit the past few weeks. 
Um, but the the Fed is hiking rates again. Will we expect to see uh, mortgage rates continue to to go up here? And the end result of that is that that causes the housing market to cool because then people can't afford the housing that they originally could. Uh, and and also we're still seeing home prices continue to go up dramatically. So a lot of people have to, first-time home buyers and whatnot, just have to drop out of the housing market. They can no longer afford what they thought they could afford. And so that causes the housing market to cool. Also, investors, um, it's it's can in certain situations no longer make sense for for investors to be able to to purchase investment properties that they could afford before. But now it's it's too expensive for them to finance it. And so all of these things play into the housing market cooling. Now, as the Fed has been increasing these rates, there is a risk of this driving us into recession. It, it impacts a lot of things downstream in the economy. Um, and of course, the housing market is a big part of the economy as well. Um, but the uh, Fed has frequently said, the, the main people talking at the Fed, they have frequently said, and the messaging that's come from them is that what they're doing is not going to drive us into recession. And uh, that that is a, a firm belief that they have, that they are not going to increase rates to the point that it's going to drive us in recession. They've spoken of what they call a quote-unquote soft landing, um, which my understanding of that is basically inflation is lowered and the economy cools off, but we don't go into actual recession. We just see things kind of calm down a little bit. Okay, these uh, the unemployment rate go up a little bit, but not at the point where it would be, you know, like a dangerous level of unemployment, things like that. Um, now, as I've already said, some people are saying that we are already in recession on the basis that we've had two straight quarters of, of negative GDP. I think you have to put the whole picture together. And this jobs report and other things that are out there, other indicators that are out there, for instance, foreclosure rates, which are extremely low right now, um, indicate that we aren't in a recession yet. I'm not an economist, but that's just my opinion. Um, we're not in a recession yet, at least not in the normal sense, you know, where where people are, are losing their jobs and having to take pay cuts and all those things. We are not seeing those things happening right now. The, it's a different type of economy. And, and so in my mind, and I've already alluded to this, but what we are seeing is an economy that's still emerging from the pandemic. While there are still supply chain issues throughout the world and inflationary issues muddying the water. Uh, and there's nothing that we can really compare this to. I mean, we've never had with the entire world economy shut down for, uh, for a huge chunk of time in 2020, like a ton of people just couldn't work for multiple weeks, multiple months. Um, but then there was all the stimulus being pumped into the economy and then all these crazy supply chain issues. And then, uh, you know, China, which is a major player in, in the global economy, like even this year, they have been shut down. Major parts of China have been shut down for, for stretches. I mean, it's just the economic climate right now is very, very strange. And so we're seeing the economy pulling itself out of the recession, uh, out of the pandemic, I guess I should say, pulling itself out of the pandemic, but also 
there's, you know, there's still parts of the pandemic that are still hanging on. And so I think that this is why we're seeing all these kind of conflicting data points, why we can have incredibly low unemployment combined with uh, negative growth. Very, uh, very odd environment. Uh, but we just, again, we just don't have anything to compare it to. So we have to think differently than we've thought in the past, right? We've got to think differently. Normally, if we had two straight quarters of negative growth, that would mean, okay, buckle up. This is going to be rough. Right now, I don't think that, that we're quite at that point yet. And I don't think that a lot of economists don't think that. And for sure, the Fed doesn't think it. They're seeing this jobs report and they're thinking, bingo, this is validating everything that we're saying. And already news publications are saying that um, you're, you're going to, if you haven't already seen it, you're going to see um, news publications saying, you know, hey, this jobs report shows that we're not in a recession. The economy is still, quote unquote, running hot. That's a, a phrase that the Fed likes to use. Um, and so it will validate to the Fed that what they have been doing, the, this tinkering with the rates, raising rates um, in order to curb inflation, that they are not running the economy into the ground. Um, and it'll probably validate in their mind that this soft landing theory is actually possible. In fact, some people that I follow uh, that are economists or that study the economy that were kind of skeptical about that soft landing theory are now starting to warm up to it. Maybe maybe that is possible. Maybe we can curb inflation um, and not drive the economy into the ground into, into recession. So what does that mean? It pretty much guarantees that the Fed is going to keep raising rates. And as I've already mentioned, this will then have a ripple effect. It will cause mortgage rates to climb, um, which will then continue to cool that down the housing market. Um, but it also appears that the shifting market will also have something, in my opinion, akin to a quote-unquote soft landing. In other words, uh, while some have been concerned that we could see the housing market completely flip, like overnight to a buyer's market, really, to me, as I'm looking at all of this, it, it seems like that won't happen, right? And we have to constantly assess, and, and I'm constantly reassessing the data, but it really doesn't seem like that's going to happen because I feel like the economy would have to completely flip in order for the housing market to completely flip. And that's just not what we're seeing. The economy has not tanked yet. Yet. That's the key word. Um, and if you've been listening to this podcast, my prediction really since the end of last year, beginning of this year, was that we would see the housing market return to by roughly the end of this year to pre-pandemic norms. And the pre-pandemic norms were not a flip to a buyer's market. It was still a seller's market. It was just a cooler seller's market. It was a more comfortable seller's market. Sellers were, were you know, your, your house was growing in value by 5% per year rather than 20% per year. Um, there was four months supply of inventory rather than one to two months supply of inventory. Well, that is still a seller's market. Um, and so I think that at the moment, my prediction from back then is, is looking really good on the basis of what the economy is doing. So we'll have to keep, uh, keep tracking that. I'm not afraid to call myself out if I'm wrong right now. Um, I, I feel like that prediction looks like it will, will be pretty accurate. But the jury is still out. We have to 
keep tracking things. Uh, because things can change really quickly, obviously. We, we learned that in 2020. Um, however, what what's a lot of people are warning is that all of these things, there, there is a little bit of a, of a house of cards being built up in the economy, right? We, I, I said that the uh, construction added a lot of jobs, but everyone predicts that that's going to taper off um, and that there's going to be construction layoffs and all of that. Um, the Fed increasing rates and, and continuing to do that, while it might not drive us into a recession immediately, that can have a long-term impact causing a recession down the road. And so now um, Bloomberg, and I, I like a lot of the um, a lot of the writers, a lot of the, the thinkers at Bloomberg, they are now predicting 100% that the economy will go into recession by 2024. So that's that's very interesting. They, they don't believe that we're in recession right now, um, at least the, the people that contributed to um, to that uh, predictor. Um, but they said 100% chance that we will see a recession within the next two years. And Wells Fargo and Deutsche Bank um, both believe it's going to happen sooner than that. They believe that 2023 um, is the year. So 2023, buckle up. <laughs> we might be in for a, a bit of a roller coaster going into that year. And that's something uh, that we will have to follow very closely. Um, but for 2022, for the remainder of this year, it's looking like things are going to um, slowly cool in the economy and, and slowly cool in the housing market as well. So is this a good or a bad thing for housing? Um, I published some stats on social media um, a couple of weeks ago that was just showing that uh, the housing market was cooling down, that supply was going up, and someone accused me of uh, saying doom and gloom related things. And, um, I, it was a little bit out of the blue and, and but I, I don't mind the criticism. Um, but at the end of the day, a, a cooling housing market, when prices have been going up at an insane rate, that is not doom and gloom. That's what the housing market needs. Like it, it needs to slow down. It, it's better if people's it, if the housing market isn't getting exponentially more expensive for people, then that's when you start to see people not being able to buy their first home, not being able to, to buy their second home. Um, that being said, it's still, un, you know, it, depending on who you talk to, what's happening and what is likely to happen in the future could be a good or a bad thing. Um, but I think that most people want the housing market to ease back to what it was pre-pandemic, uh, and and to to slowly get back to that, which is what it appears to be doing, rather than to totally flip to a buyer's market. Now, for some people, if it flipped to a buyer's market, they'd be in great shape. You know, investors that are just sitting on cash, they would be super excited about that. But for most people, it's better. We, we know it, the pace in the past was not sustainable. What we've seen in the past two years, the housing market couldn't continue to grow 20% per year. So we knew that that had to change. The question was, is it going to change quickly or slowly? Um, it's better if it changes slowly for most people, because if it just completely flips like it did in 2008, it leaves a lot of people out in the cold, specifically people who are hoping to, to sell their home to move and now suddenly find themselves in a buyer's market where they can't sell 
Um, and perhaps in an economic environment where they're getting, where they're having to take pay cuts, where they're getting laid off, and and then they can't get financing in order to buy something themselves. And so that causes everyone to just have to hold on to their homes longer or to rent longer. Um, and so that's not ideal. If uh, the housing market cools down at a at a slower but consistent pace, people can adjust on the fly more quickly, and it's not so much of a system shock. Um, so generally speaking, I think that most people um, should be encouraged. It's better if we slowly ease back into what was the pre-pandemic norm than if we just all of a sudden revert from, uh, you know, from one month's supply of inventory to five months supply of inventory overnight. That would be a major system shock. Now, uh, we still don't have the Greenville market stats for the month of uh, for the month of July. It'd be very interesting to see what some of those numbers say because obviously that is the most important thing for Greenville specifically. And you guys know when those are published, I will be here with the data to discuss it, to analyze it, to tell you what I'm seeing. But based on this jobs report, I think we can make some conclusions um, based on the other data that we're looking at. I think we can make some some conclusions um, that higher rates are coming. That's going to continue the slowdown, the cooldown of the housing market. Um, But for now, it looks like the economy is strong enough that we won't see a complete market correction. More to come on this later as we have more information. We'll constantly have to analyze it. Uh, but I appreciate you guys listening to today's episode a little bit quicker than uh, a little bit faster than some of the other ones. Thank you for listening. Uh, reminder as always, my contact information is in the show notes. If you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs, please rate, review, subscribe to the show, support it however you can. And we will talk again next time.